Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? And welcome to a slightly late version of our podcast, which is called Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. It sure is. And uh, it was a public holiday in, in Sydney yesterday and other parts of Australia. It was like a weird... I don't even know what it was for. It's Labor Day. Labor Day. All right. For those of us who labor. Who, who go through labor. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're welcome. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we had a public holiday and, uh, I refused to record. Instead, I decided to get in the car and drive three hours to visit my grandparents for the first time in two years. Oh, that's um, nice. That was fun. Good to have, good to do a long drive with children. Um, always, always a pleasure. But if you were in Sydney over the weekend, you may have come to the Oz Comic Con and, uh, Siobhan and I, I was on one panel. Siobhan was on like eight. Six. I was on six, six. panels. You hosted most of them too, right? No, I only, um, I moderated two, mm-hmm. um, and one was me sort of interviewing Wayne Nichols while he drew. Yep. Um, and then I was just a guest on the other ones. You moderated the one I was on. You did a great I job. I did. You, you talked Thank about you. Batman's dick a lot around No, children. I didn't. Did I? No, no. Well, <laughs> you, you've raised your eyebrows furiously yeah, multiple times throughout the recording. and um, I can't be held responsible for my eyebrows. Everyone knew why you were raising your eyebrows. <laughs> Bat dog. <laughs> um, um, so Siobhan, it was an insane. <laughs> it was a, it was an insane week of uh, of comics last week. Oh my God, um, yes. So I was happy to have an extra day to try and get through everything, um, which I did moments before hitting record. Nice. Um, and uh, if this is the first episode of Serious Issues you've ever listened to, basically what we do is we read almost all the comic books that come out each week, and then we go through them and let you know which ones we liked, which ones we think you should be reading too, and then the others. Yup. Um, and we call the first segment in which we review all of the new number one issues that came out last week. We call it First Things First. And uh, I know everyone is waiting with bated breath for us to weigh in on yet another DC book that has been uh, dividing people on one side or the other side of a fence. But um, I thought, let's start positive. And uh, I thought maybe we could talk about a book that I know we both loved um, as our first uh, entry on First Things First. And so I'm going to turn to Image, who this week Excellent. published... The first issue of Man Eaters by Chelsea Kane, mm-hmm. teaming up with her um, 
Mockingbird um, artist Kate Niemczyk and colorist um, Rochelle Rosenberg for a book, a monster book about teenage girls. Um, and uh, I'm going to let Siobhan describe this in excited detail. I mean, the first thing that is exciting is that she's put the full names of the entire creative team on the front page. Not where I was expecting this to begin, but sure, yeah, it is a good <laughs> I liked that. Um, second thing, already exciting and already like, cool, I'm reading a Chelsea Kane comic, is the um, front inside uh, page... That's yep. still the, the cover? Page you know two, if I mean. you count the cover as page one. There you go. Um, it's already part of, like, there's no ad, there's no um, obvious sort of buy, blah, blah, blah. It's like a public service announcement. And I just like the way that Chelsea Kane always wants to use every page and convey information in an interesting way. And so already you sort of know that there's a cat attack because of us and cats are caused by a, a horrible disease called toxoplasmosis x my wife has actually had toxoplasmosis in the past she and she got it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apparently a cat was near her food when she was in bali one time and she was sick for weeks Not um, as, she, she didn't turn into a monster though. yeah cool so she didn't turn into a, a giant panther when she um got her period is that no. not what happened well that's what happens in man eaters yes <laughs> um, um Periods have been cured because they were causing girls to be turned into monsters. And so finally they did something about this shit. But every now and again, a teenage girl still gets her period and turns into a monster. And so Come on. This, this book, which um, it, it's really sad reading this, knowing that the, um, Chelsea's uh, Vision series was cancelled where she talked about how, how much it was going to be about a father and a daughter relationship because that's also what we got to get here. We get a young girl, a teenage girl, um, and her, um, and her uh, policeman father mm-hmm. um, in this world of, of monsters that are period-based. Um, but we get some great interactions between the two of them. And it's all, like, if you loved all of the fun little infographics that were in each issue of Chelsea Kane and uh, Kate Niemczyk's, um uh, Mockingbird run there there are plenty of those here and they're as fun as the ones in Mockingbird um, they do so much for world ba- building but also mm-hmm. like you know do so much just to make me giggle as well exactly this oh, is yeah. what I was trying to communicate but doing a poor job of it. exactly this <laughs> it's so fun um, and uh, yeah basically the, the the big kind of like after we see all these horrific things that have happened because girls have turned into panthers that then eat their families and um, you know we, we learn about uh, we learn about periods being cured, um, but but then yeah, at the, at the end we learn that not, they're not entirely cured. Sometimes people still get their kids, girls still get peri- their periods, and thus are still at prone to becoming monsters. And that's exactly what happens to our the, the hero of this story, the um, teenage girl who we meet at the start. Um, what a great first issue! Yes, yeah, so fun. Just this good is, fun. This is Chelsea Kane. I mean, if you count the four, the six page. Jessica Jones story she wrote for a men for a Marvel annual. Mm-hmm. Um, this is her her tenth comic. <laughs> There's only eight issues of Mockingbird, the Jessica Jones thing, and then this is her her tenth comic. And uh, nice. she writes like someone who has perfected her the kind of comic that she's trying to write. Yep. It's just she uh, really gets it. She really gets the medium. I don't really understand why or how, but I think DC should poach her. Yeah, I know that would definitely put them uh, in my. If in DC my was books. smart. Get her to write uh, back up. Anything. Any fucking anything. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be happy though if she just like if Manny just does really well and she just does create her own stuff forever. Oh um, yes. Because this is awesome, and it was it's absolutely like her just kind of no holds barred telling a story that you can tell that she's like you know wanted to tell for ages. She she mentioned in an interview how there's no there's not much stuff for girls to read specifically about their periods. Um, and so she wanted to fill that void for her own daughters. And that's kind of where totally. the inspiration for this came from. Um, and uh, uh, as, as a dude who read it, like it's, it's a fun thing to read anyway. It's not like I don't get it cause I didn't have my period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could understand the basic concept. <laughs> so if you're a dude out there, got to get man eaters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, Good lord! If you all just look at this book and go like, "Oh, it's clearly just for chicks," then you're really missing out. You big oh, silly I just, billies. I just looked at the ad on the back. Um, the ad is for Estropure. Estropure. Um, put some hair on his chest. It's surgeon estrogen-free water for boys. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much love about this book. It's great. Um, Chelsea Kane fucking rules, and so does Katniam yeah. Chick. They're a great team, um, and uh, I loved everything about this issue. Absolutely. Um, real good shit. Uh, so uh, we also got a uh, another number one from Image this week that I, you probably didn't pick up. It was a uh, the latest in the uh, uh, re- regular one shots we get um, every time Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey finish an arc of The Wicked and the Divine. No, um, I didn't pick that. And uh, basically, what 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 they do is they get a guest artist. So this time we got uh, Ryan Kelly, and uh, we got The Wicked and the Divine. 1373 AD, in which uh, we see an iteration of all of the gods. Um, basically, like, yeah, the Wicked and the Divine is the kind of like this cyclical nature. Every 90 years, uh, gods visit the earth. Um, they, they are powerful as gods, and then they die after two years. They go crazy from the power. And uh, the 40 or so issues of Wicked and Divine have kind of told us the history of these gods and, you know, the extent of their powers and how many times this infinite loop has kind of gone on and on and on. And through, we've gotten all these great kind of like flashbacks back to the gods appearing through di- in different timelines. And so in 1373, this is all about the Black Plague. Yes, please. Um, it is such a good issue. And uh, what I love is that like, you know, as we discover more and more in the regular series, they're then able to kind of go back and build the, the world and the kind of concept of these gods more by showing how others use these powers or died because of these powers. It's so fucking cool. That's I wish, so fun. I, I wish you read this series. Um, uh, yeah, same. As it's closing out and I'm hearing everyone sort of um, praise it so highly, I'm like, nah, I shouldn't yeah. have given up on issue three. <laughs> Damn it. Um, this was uh, probably my favorite of all of the of all the year based one shots, and I'd like to hear from anyone who's who's been who's keeping up with the series who, who agrees with me because sometimes these can be they lend themselves way too well to the language used, you know, a thousand two thousand years ago, so it can be a bit impenetrable. But this was um, this was bang on the money. It was a really riveting and cool and, and crazy uh, one shot. So good, cool. Um, so that's the Wicked and Divine, thirteen seventy three AD, and uh, of course this series has one arc left, which is very exciting and scary. Um, and uh, there's an advertisement on the back for Kieran Gillen's next book, which comes out in December, which is just called Die. Looks really oh, cool. poorly, um, poorly timed, along with After die, 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 die. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get who's it. doing the art? Um, it is someone whose last name is Hans. Hans. Cool. Someone's Hans. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone could look it up and let us know. <laughs> Cool. Um, 
So let's do it. That's enough positivity. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> um, although I've, apparently you you like this. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't like it, but it made me feel intensely nostalgic because it was like, what if Bendis wrote Identity Crisis or something like that? Because it had mad talking heads, but also had some horrific murders. <laughs> uh, so this is Heroes in Crisis, the latest uh, crisis event from DC. Um, this was kind of mentioned a long time ago. It was going to be about P- PTSD in the uh, in the DC universe. It's about and giving DC fans PTSD. Yeah, exactly. But but it was going to be like a uh, like a, a clinic where where heroes go when when they uh, to, to kind of overcome their their mental problems that they get from fighting all these crimes and seeing all these awful things through their crime fighting lives. And like that as a concept is pretty interesting, I guess. Of course, of course. Um, but it was written, it's going to be written by Tom King, who to, to write this issue with his regular collaborator um, Clay Mann, and who uh, knocks it out of the park. Clay Mann yeah. is very good. I think I that's love, why I give this a pass. That first, uh, the big title page where you see like the flash of uh, Superman whizzing past the crop, yep. the crops that that spill out heroes in, heroes in crisis. Uh, great colors too by Timo Moray. Absolutely. Um, but. Uh, this was not what I was expecting from this event at all. Um, um, I looked at spoilers like two weeks ago, so this was exactly what I expected from this. Right. Why'd you do um, that to yourself? Because I don't care about it. Okay, right. So someone was like, oh, I saw who died. And I was like, oh, who died? Google. Beep, 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 beep. Um, so in case you um, have, have been uh, living under a rock and, uh, and, and avoiding the controversy caused by this issue... Fucking heaps of people die in this issue. Mad and people die. All our favourites. Hotspot. Not Hotspot. I love Jay. Hotspot. Nah, Blue Jay. My best friend, Blue Jay. So yeah, after we see a bunch of heroes that I've, I've definitely not read anything from uh, ever, um, we, see, we see their bodies lying dead in a field. Uh, it then kind of like... Basically, the whole thing is kind of Batman, Wonder Woman, and, and Superman stumbling upon all of these murders... Um, and uh, two of those murdered include um, Arsenal, Roy Harper, is it his name? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and the recently resurrected Wally West, aka The Flash. Um, uh, you can't really kill a Flash, he'll show back up at some point, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, totally. It, it is dumb to, to, to say how silly it is to have all these deaths in a, in a comic book, um, but, you know, we learned that the, the whole thing is kind of like, uh, it, it's half Batman, Wonder Woman, and and, um, and Superman discovering these bodies and uh, reacting to finding all the all the deaths, um, and then we also see a fight between Harley Quinn and Booster Gold, and of course we side with Booster at, to begin with, even though he's a very poorly written Tom King Booster, um, but by the end we learn that Harley is actually trying to kill him because he was potentially responsible for all of these murders that we've seen so far in the book. Ah. Uh. So. I'm finding it hard to really raise any kind of outrage. It does remind me of that sort of identity crisis era of DC. Yes. So I almost am just like, yeah, well, it's just another in a line of horrible grisly murders that sometimes happen in the DC universe, and then Superman has to solve a horrible crime. <laughs> um, I think it's like it's it's unsubtle. Yeah, big in surprise a, for a talking book <laughs> to be unsubtle. Um, it's not. I think the sensitive um, uh, look at 
post-traumatic stress disorder in superheroes that I think a lot of people wanted and were led to believe that this book would be. So we thought it was going to be about this 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 clinic or whatever called Sanctuary. And Which is apparently I, also just the name of the robot, but maybe also many robots? Yeah, it's really strange. And the first we see of this this thing, which has apparently been doing lots of good for heroes in the past, which we see none of, the first thing we're introduced to sanct- first time we're introduced to Sanctuary is when all these people have died in it. Better security needed at Sanctuary. But it just kind of seems so pointless, especially with the Wally West thing. He just came back. Why kill him? I don't understand. Uh, because... <laughs> They brought him back, and but they didn't know what they were fucking doing because there was already another Wally West, and they're like, "Oh, we can't kill the black Wally West, but we've got two Wally West." Yeah, I know we have. We just have to kill Wally West again, and just across the universe, you could just hear teen girls. Yeah, well, not teen girls, girls about my age who love Wally. No. <laughs> so last week, uh, Tom King shot Dick Grayson in the head. This week, he killed Roy Harper and Wally West. Mate. Um, Who's left from the Titans? Wonder Girl. Um, does Donna Troy even exist Troy? in this Who world? Knows? I think she not, does. Not for long. Uh, Come I'm going to read this. Read this with oh, a little bit. Oh, I thought it really curiosity. was some kind of like he was killing off the Titans across many books, and then that was all leading towards some big um, thing like Deathstroke. That, that would be cool, but that's definitely not what it is. No, because really, all it's about is like, hey man, death's crazy, and, and you got you you need to like just check yourself before you wreck yourself and it's always going to happen in a really horrifyingly unexpected way (laughs) and there's no such thing as sanctuary and also harley quinn huge revelation harley quinn hates pudding there's a bad joke ah the poor guy it's a bad joke he's not very funny um okay but you know what i did like what's that justice league odyssey Yeah. yeah So can you turn turn me down in your headphones? Because I can hear me, which means our listeners are going to be able to hear two me's. Oh, no, that's that's too many. Is that better? Two too many me's. Um, Yeah, that's better. Uh, I'm going to keep reading Heroes in Crisis with like a morbid curiosity just because it was... Yeah, of course. It's an event book. How do we not read an event book? We're part of the But also, also Clayman is is genuinely great. He's great in the action sequences. He's great at just drawing... Good-looking superheroes. He's drawing some horrible, grizzling murders. <laughs> and and pie. He's very good at drawing uh, diner pie. Yep. And he did a good Harley Quinn. Who in needs Donna Troy when you've got diner pie? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, who also else from is great? D- um, also from DC this week was the first issue of Justice League Odyssey, um, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Stepan Sejic. Stepan Sejic. Um, a Czech artist, I think. Um, and uh, Justice League Odyssey is a a book spinning out of uh, Dark Knight's Metal and Justice League No Justice. But hey, don't don't go just yet uh, because it's a like bonkers kind of space comic uh, in which Cyborg and Starfire uh, set out into like ghost space or some weird and space. Azrael and Azrael. He's, he's a stowaway. Um, some like weird ghost space that Jessica Cruz, the Green Lantern, has been put in charge of like looking after, but it's really really boring until they suddenly show up in her airspace. And they're um, also the, flying Brainiac's head. They're flying Brainiac's head, um, and oh, uh, and they're following a voice that they learn at the end of the issue belongs to Darkseid. Yes, please. Um, yeah, this was really great. <laughs> this was great, and it turns out they're like ancient like gods. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, the, the old gods. And now Cyclops, who's like the machine, um, 
and uh, Starfire, Cyborg. who's the goddess. Who did I say? You said Cyclops. Cyclops. Fuck. Fire me. Idiot. Um, and uh, yeah, Azrael as well. Um, this is really great. Yeah, really great. I was Stephane, not expecting to Stephane like Sedgwick it. Stefan is like the best. He makes Starfire's yeah. costume look looks so cool, and he makes um, Jessica Cruz look great. Yeah, agree. Totally agree. But I haven't even talked about my favorite comic of the week, which is the um, the preview of the Grant Morrison Liam Sharp. Yep. Green I was Lantern. looking forward to bringing this up with you. Oh yeah, my so God. we get like in, in, in the back of some DC books this week, we got like four pages of, uh, oh, of Grant Morrison's book, which has been kind of described as like space cops. And that's yeah. exactly what, what what this preview is. Which but is, like cool, like European comic space cops. Liam Sharp's so good. Graham Morrison's so funny. This looks so good. I feel like emotional about it. Uh, coming out oh, next man. month. Looking forward to that one for sure. Guys. Siobhan's on board. I really am. The green, is it just called The Green Lantern? The Green Lantern in November. Look forward to that one. It looks perfect. It looks perfect. Let's move over to Marvel right now for a couple of ones and zeros. Um, some bi- binary comics they released this week. Um, we have uh, the latest in the Infinity Warps tie-ins. Um, this is Iron Hammer, um, which combines Thor and uh, Iron Man. Did you read this, Siobhan? Uh, Like half of it. It was written by Ro- Al Ewing, um, who writes the entire thing in... Uh, who's a really famous Thor writer? Um, Walt Simonson? Yeah, it's just written like a Walt Simonson kind of yeah. white book where everything, is, or even just a Stanley Marvel comic, mm. really, where there's just every every thought of the character is, uh, he, you know, we have thought bubbles. I love a thought bubble in a, in a comic. I can't fault Same. that. Um, and we also have, uh, uh, what's his name? Ramon Rosanis on art and colors by Jason Keith. Um, yeah, so basically this is like a set long, long ago um, in, uh, in no- far off Norway in which um, some Sigurd, Sigurd Stark, the billionaire technologist, um, is is basically, I don't know, it, it's, it's the... It's the origin story. It's the, it's the story. origin stories together, but he's kind of Thorish. Boring. Um, yeah, Thoring. Just, uh, we, we get it. We get the idea. You don't need to tell us exactly how this guy who's not really Tony Stark or Thor becomes both of them. Lame. Did you like that um, Malekith was crossed with Mandarin? So he's like Malekith with heaps of rings on. All my two favourite characters, Mandarin and Malekith, now they're one guy. Wow. What about um, Madame Hell? So it's Hell and Madame Mask. They're all bad. They're all bad. (laughs) All of them are bad. I'm a DJ, so I love a good mashup. (laughs) I'm putting that on your headstone. <laughs> uh, this is not a good mashup, but I have to admire Al Ewing's uh, dedication to making it read like a an older comic. Yes, um, absolutely. Normally, I don't really like that anyway. So whatever. Mm. Um, Spider Geddon number zero. The Spider mm. event of 2018 starts here. Oh no, I didn't get this. Don't worry, because dum-dum. this book was the uh, introduction of the star of Spider Man, the PS4 video game, oh. making his comic book debut. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> which is something I know does not appeal to you at all. Um, no. I finished the Spider-Man PS4 game, and I was like, oh, what are they going to do with this slight variation on Peter Parker? Um, he pretty much just has a different costume. That's the only difference between him and regular Peter, comic- Peter Parker in the comic books. Are his uh, parents written- spies? Uh, 
Apparently all Peter Parker's parents are spies, but we don't, we don't explicitly know from this one. Christos Gage wrote this one with art by Clayton Crane, which is a great name. It's a good name. Um, and this kind of just sets up uh, an adventure in um, in the PS4 Spider-Man's world um, in which he is visited by um, Octavius, the superior Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it tells him that he needs to come with him to save the, all the multiverses. And it's a spider thing. Whatever. It's like, Whatever. you know, you know what's going to happen. It's fun. Cool. Um, and uh, then there's some crazy shit going on with um, with uh, the punk Spider-Man and stuff. This there is was be a pretty... such a good Spider-Punk cosplayer at um, Comic-Con. Really? I didn't see it. It was amazing. Uh, Hobie, it was really good. Lynn from King's got a picture. Okay, cool. With him. We'll tell, she we'll said he has good it. muscles. <laughs> <laughs> She'll have to post it in the uh, Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, yeah, this is a, like, you know, it, it's this is not remarkable in any way, but it's, I'm, I'm, I think this Spider-Geddon event is going to be dumb and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like, all of the Spider-Verse. Like, I should hate the Spider-Verse. I just spent a big thing complaining about how lazy some of the versions are in a different event universe thing, but I like yep. the Spider-Geddon ones. <laughs> because they have spider powers. That makes <laughs> yeah. everyone interesting. Because the Spider-Man um, costume is perfect and I want to see it in a million variations. That's a good point. You should get the Spider-Man game because they l- allow you to do yeah. exactly that. I'm definitely um, going to get it at some point in my life. Uh, we also got finally from Marvel the uh, first annual, so Domino Annual number one, um, which has been written by uh, many creators. That's uh, kind of uh, led by uh, regular writer Gail Simone. But then we've also got uh, Fabian Nisi. I don't know. How do you say this dude's name? Fabian... Uh, Nishiza? Nietzsche. Nishiza, I don't That's know. not right. Dennis Hopeless, Leah Williams, um, Victor Ibanez on art with Juan, Gideon, Leonard Kirk, Natasha Bustos, and Michael Shelfer. And this was kind of like uh, a bunch of stories about uh, of Domino either like meeting her teammates for the first time or having an adventure with them at some point in her life. It was cute. It was cute. It was cute and funny. And the last story about... Mutants who don't pass as human, having a little support group, was great. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Led by Nightcrawler. Anything led by Nightcrawler is okay by me. I love how Gail Simone just like comes onto a character and is like, they're a sassy broad now, deal with it. Um, <laughs> but I like her version of Domino. There was I, when there were a few writers that I that didn't write assess, like the, the same version of, of Domino mm. that Gail's writing, and it was a, it was pretty jarring to mm. go back and forth from that. There's that one of her and Cable in the bath together. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. That was a weird, weird, weird story. Uh, I anyway, want to have a bath with Cable? Would he have to put his whole arm in like a big plastic bag, like when you have a broken arm? Or like, because you wouldn't want to get all that machinery wet, right? Yeah, or he'd electrocute you like a toaster in the bathroom, right? <laughs> Nate just said it's a techno organic virus, and it's not machinery. So. <laughs> Fuck off, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells me. <laughs> Ask him if um if Cable's arm can toast bread. Can, t- can Cable's arm toast bread? He looks really angry. <laughs> <laughs> Success. <laughs> um, let's talk about Valiant comics now, Siobhan. All right, all right. Uh, We have two number ones from Valiant this week. Okay, one I didn't them... read either. All right, so one of them was The Aftermath of Harbinger Wars 2. Oh, okay. I didn't get to it. It's in my um, Written by Matt Kent with art by Adam Polina and Diego Rodriguez. This is kind of like wrapping up the loose ends of all of the um, the not mutants, the Syats, um, on the run from the government because of the actions of Livewire, in which she killed hundreds of, of soldiers. 
at the end of the last issue of Harbinger Wars two. Um, but really, they deserved it. Yeah, but now she's now like she's like public enemy number one. Um, she has like weird internet sex, but real sex with Ninjak. But it's like there's like code oh, behind her when she does like it and stuff. In the internet, like in the nineties. Oh, yeah, there's God. flying there's flying toasters. Valiant's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one for this this issue. This is a pretty dumb issue and a bad way to wrap up a, a pretty subpar event. Mm. Um, At least now it's over and we can all move on. Yeah, but all of these new series that we're going to read, uh, except you, <laughs> um, in, in, over the next few weeks, all tie into Harbinger Wars. Um, just like Faith Dreamside, number one, um, written by the same writer who's written Faith since the beginning, Jody Hauser, um, with art by MJ Kim and Jordi Belair. Um, and this is kind of like a, not quite business as usual Faith comic, but basically like she's also hiding out after being framed for murder in her last series. Um, and uh, this sees her kind of like team up with someone who can essentially beast boy, but in the Valiant yes, universe. Um, What's he called? She uh, is oh. called. Well, basically, she kidnaps Faith as a kaiju. So that already that's a lot better than anything great. Beast Boy would ever do. Animalia is her name. Also great. It's like that yeah. children's book. Great. Yeah, a great Graham based children's book. <laughs> ten out of ten. One of my favorite books. Although the Eleventh Hour is my favorite Graham based book. You read that one? Oh uh, uh, no. All these animals are invited to a. Uh, like a, a birthday party but one of the animals eats all of the cakes and you have to work out which animal it was and it's it's really really cool it's like all kinds of crazy shit to find in each each, each, each picture that does sound cool good books um, but uh, yeah even though this book was this is like probably the best faith issue I've read because there was no like incessant uh, pop culture references um, and all that kind of stuff um, I still don't really need to read any more of it because it's just it's not a character that I find that interesting no um, me neither but it, it is she was what much more bearable when actually no i really liked the faith in the future force series that jody hauser did that was good bring that back uh dark horse this week did you read gamma number one okay i really tried Bro, i'm with you on this 100%. that's hard that was Fucking hard work. Hell. so this is written by Ula- ulysses farinas and eric freitas who if you listen to the podcast you know we love them they're like some of our favorite creators um, gave us great books like um, Motro um, and Claudia and Rex, which is even referenced in this issue. Um, mm-hmm. It has uh, a great artist on this book. Melody Often is their name, based on name alone. That's a fantastic artist, but her art, also excellent. Um, yeah. oh, wait, no, so, no, wait, no, sorry. The art is by Ulysses Farinas, which should make me, should make, make me like colors. it even more, but it's Melody Often on colors. Great colors, though. Beautiful um, colors. But it is, you know what? If I was a teenager and this was the only comic book that I bought that week, yep. this would have been like the best shit of all time to me. And I think it might still be the best shit of all time. I just might be too old and have too many comics to read for it to be um, an acceptable part of my life right now. Because so this every, is dense. Every page has about 20 pa- panels on it. And each it's panel has so about much work. Four, four word balloons in it. Um, and... But it moves. It, it doesn't actually move that quickly. Uh, it's really, and it also really jumps dense. around. It jumps around. There's two different narrators that mm-hmm. are having a conversation with each other three. instead of na- three. Yeah, it's and it, essentially it's about like, b- like battling Pokemon? monsters, kind of Pokemon yeah. thing. I should like this. I feel terrible that I don't, but I just found it really, really hard to get into. And, but uh, it was like it's a mashup of like it's like Pokemon references and then um, Power Rangers references and 
than all these other references. And you're like, whoa, this is just some kind of insane fever dream of the video games that you like or something. Yeah, I, I would compare it a lot to that um, Joe Casey um, and... Uh, was it, was it Ulysses Farinas on that one too? The one that's it's called like New Lieutenants of, of Metal? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, was it, who was that? Was it, oh, yeah, it was that Ulysses was... Farinas on that too. Yeah, like a, a book that I should like that I just don't. Yeah. Um, I think that's fine. I just, yeah, I, I really, I, I love Ulysses Farinas normally and uh, this was not, not my thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also not my thing just because I've not watched all of it and I was like, why, do I, why should I read any of it? Uh, mm. Stranger Things... Another Jodie Howser number uh, one this week. Did I you give it a shot? It up. No. Yeah. Is, is oh. it just an adaptation? I thought it was just an adaptation th- of the show, and I've seen the show. So. I, I thought it was extra stuff, was it? Oh, I don't know. Will Byers is missing. The town of Hawkins, Indiana, including Will's best friends and family, scour the area looking for him. What they don't know is that he's lost in the Upside Down, an impossible dark parody of his own world. All right, yeah, shit. So it is just a... I don't, maybe it's a bonus adventure or something. I don't know. Who could say? Not me. I didn't read it. Neither did Siobhan. That's why we're the best comic book podcast on the internet. Absolutely. Um, you know what I loved this week? Um, possibly as much much as I loved, if not more than, Man Eaters. Whoa. Um, was a comic published by Fearscape. For, sorry, by Vault this <laughs> week, Vault Comics. And it was called Fearscape. When did I first saw this, it? I thought it was Farscape. Yep. Uh, Fearscape is a uh, very literary comic. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Published by so written by Ryan O'Sullivan, with art by Andrea Mutti and colors by Vladimir Popov. What has um, Ryan O'Sullivan written? The name is vaguely familiar. Um, I can I can look it up for you. Well, you tell us what it's about. Oh God. Okay, I can do it. I can do both. You, you can do both. Phew! Thank goodness. It's about a terrible writer who steals someone else's muse when they're in a coma and ends up in a sort of literary afterlife. Is that about right? Well, yep, and it's written by Ryan O'Sullivan, who wrote Void Trip, which was a, uh, an, an ah. image miniseries that we really liked. Yeah. Um, about, uh, like, it was like a space kind of journey. Um, with Stoner, two funny road trip. Drug-taking. Yeah, it was, that was cool. Cool book, hmm. cool book. Um, but, yeah, this... this th- so, yeah, we have this, like, this bad writer who steals his employer's manuscripts and also in this issue steals his muse when the muse appears for his employer who is a famous fa- fantasy writer um, and uh, instead is, is stolen by our hack who is like a translator but who is like forever working on a, on a, on a novel that he'll never never even start um, the, the book is narrated by that same writer the translator um, and so it's untrustworthy it's also really egotistical and mm-hmm. uh, constantly addressing us um, and like saying how how good we are for reading a book about him and makes makes fun of like people using nine panel grid layouts like the Watchmen mm-hmm. um, which was very appealing um, and it's just really really funny throughout like kind of like we'll introduce you as a character really positively and then when that character does something mean to the main character suddenly changes the way they talk about that character in the narration uh, boxes mm-hmm. uh, this is, this this is, is an really, example really of like something being incredibly wordy but um it works for it because it's part of the character it's funny and it's not intrusive and it's not like overwhelming well it was like yeah all of the extra words added to the story instead of saying what art could um the the Mm -hmm. extra narration was absolutely like an uh, an extra um storytelling 
device um, that was used really, really well in a way I've not seen that many of, uh, ex- experienced, not experienced that often in comic books. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, um, really good. This and Man Eaters are my two favorite, two favorite number ones and probably two of my favorite books that I read this week. It's a cool surprise. There was another great comic out from Vault as well, though. This one was weird as hell. I liked Friendo. <laughs> Me too. It was still weird as fuck, though. Friendo yeah, is his name. Um, and uh, it was written by Alex Packnadel, illustrated by Martin Simmons, and colors by D. Kanif. You take this one, Siobhan. Um, so this follows a young man who is the son of a street preacher. And when he grows up, he does sort of weirdo insurance scams in some kind of um, near future dystopia. Yeah. He's like some California dickhead. And the latest, like, tech thing, wearable tech thing, is a pair of glasses that has an artificial intelligence in it called Friendo. And it, like, uh, changes itself to fit what it thinks you need or what you want. So when this guy, our main character, is not doing, like, insurance scams, he's a stripper? Yes. Or a a dancer, and he and his crew dress up as, like, stripper versions of... uh, uh, everyone in the Wizard of Oz. That is um, pretty good. And uh, after learning that they're not going to get paid for their work that night in the in the club, uh, they exit and walk through like a deadly dust storm. Because um, it's the future, the near future, and global warming has turned Los Angeles into a lo- unlivable hellhole, even more so. Yep. Um, and uh, after relying on his new friendo his AI that lives in his glasses, he loses his friends and then cops a knife to the back from a um, homeless person panning for gold in the dust and then gets electrocuted and that's the end of the issue. (laughs) Yep. I Uh, like it. uh, Me too. This is weird as fuck and uh, in a way that... um, In a way that I feel like a lot of books have been trying to do lately, this was like really, really weird (laughs) for the sake of being weird but also was fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I actually, thought it was also like I mean it's I, I, I wonder if it's going to be I wonder if this is going to be an ongoing character or if this is going to be a little bit Twilight zone and we'll get individual Mania. yeah Ice Cream Manny I should say um, which got picked up for a TV show or something really? Fine. Friendo? sick no not Friendo oh, Ice, Ice Cream Man did really? Yeah. that's awesome yeah. fuck yeah yeah I'm happy for those guys um, so I'd, I'd be interested to see like the various ways that this technology is evil for people or whatever. Who will Frendo make Frendos with next? Exactly. Because um, um, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how our hero gets through this one. Otherwise, but I liked this. I thought this was good fun, and I thought the art was cool. Yeah, great week for Vault. Um, in fact, while well, just to go back quickly to uh, Fearscape, um, I thought this book was way more fun than what we've seen from the new Sandman books so far, and uh, in, in yes. doing like a similar kind of very literary like referencey yeah um, but everyone other... everyone in the Sandman universe is trying to do a bit of a um Neil Gaiman light yeah. version yeah, yeah. But this this felt entirely its own thing um almost like I guess closest to like the unwritten or something like that because like the muses appear from this realm of imagination and and require writers to fight actual mm. monsters in there so cool I can't wait to see where this goes um very cool Finally, Both are doing great things. Have you got any more uh, number ones? Um, I read something called High Heaven. Me too. This came out through um, Ahoy Comics, which I talked about 
uh, a comic written by the same writer um, a couple weeks ago called The Wrong Earth, which was like a, um, a multiverse kind of superhero uh, book uh, written mm-hmm. by... This one is written by... Uh, what's his name? Tom Payer, with art by Greg Scott, colors by Andy Troy. And uh, it's about a dude who dies um, after being told he should ask out a girl from his work and then learns that the girl is engaged to the guy who told her to, him to ask her out. Anyway, then he gets crushed by a piano and finds out that heaven is not what he was expecting it to be. I like this a lot. Yeah, I like this a lot. This was funny. It took me, like, for some reason, it took me a while to figure out what the hell was going on. Um, but I did enjoy this. I like this sort of, you get to heaven and it's just this horrible sort of bureaucratic nightmare and you live in a shithole and... A shithole that everyone calls a mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you don't even have genitals. Yep. Good fun. C- yep. This is fun. Hi, heaven. Uh, this this, this uh, publisher of Holy Comics is a fun little surprise every time I put something out. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So many cool new publishers at the moment. And every comic they put out has an essay by Grant Morrison at the back. Um, it's my bo- perfect It's my perfect world. Except you don't like Grant Morrison essays, right? I so mean... You like, the, you like the idea of them. You, you, you said last time I brought them up, you're like, I hate Grant Morrison essays. <laughs> Everyone heard I? that, Siobhan. You can't take oh, that no. back. No takesy-backies. I liked the one where he wrote um, about chaos magic, but it wasn't... It was a question and answer with himself. That's oh, good. He interviewed himself. That was good. Awesome. So that's it for First Things First this week. Um, we're going to move rapidly through the rest of these uh, reviews. Let's start with Image next, Siobhan, because Image put out one book that I read. I didn't read any sh- Image books. Oh, you've, you've given up on Shanghai oh, Red. I just didn't get to it. It's on my, it's on my to get to part. This week was tough, guys. It was. Shanghai Red. Christopher Sabella writes this one with art by Joshua Hickson. Um, and uh, this is the kind of like pirate revenge story um, in which uh, after after being Shanghai um, and, and waking up on a uh, on a boat which in which she has to ser- work as a slave for two years 
um, a girl who masquerades as a man uh, returns to her hometown to seek revenge and finds that so much has changed uh, in the years that she's been away, including uh, the job of her sister. Uh, and in this, we've, we've met a, um, uh, a woman who runs, like the only woman who, ru- who runs her own bar in, in the town. And, uh, of course, all the men in the town are looking for any excuse to uh, burn that bar down. Um, and that is exactly how this issue ends. So it looks like the next, uh, the next issue is going to be this fantastic fight issue. And I can't wait. Cool. It's a cool book. Don't drop this one, Shimon. It's a good one. Check. On I it. like this one. That's it for Image, unless you read any more Image. Weird week. Who put out, who put out the next least? Uh, obviously, it was DC, because Marvel always put out way too many fucking books. And I read. I feel like I read more DC. Let's see. Let's see where we go. Um, do you yeah. want to pick a DC book to start with? Uh, should we? Uh, I mean, should we just start with Doomsday Clock and get it out of the way? Guess what, everybody? The big blue dong is back, baby. Not big enough. <laughs> Not big enough. Doctor Manhattan's. Uh, Dr. Manhattan's dong and the rest of his body show up finally in the seventh issue of this 12-issue miniseries by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Um, Gary Frank draws the fucking hell God. out of this book. He's so it's just good. so hard not to like this book because of Gary Frank. Yeah. Who does colors on this one? Brad Anderson. Great colors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a particularly well-colored um, Joker. I love the, the Joker. Mm. I don't, I'm not usually a Joker fan, but he's just so nutty and fun in, in this. I love Gary Frank's Joker. Yeah. Perfect. Has cool hair. Um, but yeah, this is finally the kind of... like We still haven't seen the Superman versus Dr. Manhattan kind of team up slash fight that this event promised, but we get inches closer to that goal. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And this is a mostly enjoyable issue. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I sort of like this now. I, don't, I still don't understand the point of it, but I, I, don't, I think that, you know... Ah, some comics don't need to have one. Point. Yeah. Give me this over Heroes in Crisis any fucking day. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, we've, I mean, we haven't really talked about the plot, but I mean, does, does you're probably reading it, guys. Yeah, I think this does. Uh, this, like, they do a lot more with the nine-panel grid layout here than Tom King has done recently, too. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, and Gary it, Frank's art is so like the the um, variety of facial expression is so amazing that. I don't care if it's one person's face nine times in a panel. Not that he even does that in this book. But <laughs> I love when uh, the Joker puts his, uh, like a flamethrower between his legs. And, you yeah, know, yeah. Is that a flamethrower in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? And I'm like, oh, yeah. This is the PG-13 uh, book that I wanted Jeff Johns to write all along. <laughs> a flamethrowing dick joke. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, so, yeah, a really good issue of Doomsday Clock. Yeah, great. Um, what's next? Should we do the New Age of Heroes? Yeah, let's do it. Issue 8 of The Terrifics uh, sees D- Dale Eaglesham um, on art duties and a very yes, good fit. Very, very good fit for the book. Um, this is uh, our team of um, uh, Mr. Terrific, Phantom Girl, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Plastic Man, and uh, Metamorpho <laughs> team up with uh, Tom Strong and, and help him try to find his family who are lost, lost somewhere in the in, across all these different um, multiverses, I guess, some universes, mm-hmm. um, and so the team all splits up and uh, goes to try and find them in all these like fun kind of different genre uh, genre universes. So like Plastic mm-hmm. Man goes mm-hmm. into like something something called Funnyland. 
It's like Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes stuff. And, he, uh, and, and at the end of each of these worlds, they find um, someone who kind of like resembles someone from the Tom Strong family um, that's going to help them, except for uh, Tom Strong and uh, Mr. Terrific themselves, who end up in Gotham City and uh, become entangled in the vines of Swamp Thing. Great. And he, sh- he, he showed up now. I guess he's going to be... He's going to put some moss on him. Oh, no. moss on these fools. He's stinky <laughs> butt moss. Um, yeah, Jeff Lemire doing kind of fun, kind of throwback superhero stuff. It's a good book. Yeah, I like it. Evil Shem's a good fit. Um, you know what else was good? Yeah, we're going to get to that. That's oh, not okay, a New sorry. Age of Heroes book, Siobhan. The Silencer is, though. Ah. Uh. Did you not read Silencer this week? No, I missed it. <laughs> Um, Patch Zercher is still the artist on this book, um, which is not quite as good as Victor Bogdanovich. Yeah, I'm not that But he does a good job. Um, Dan Abnett, uh, of course, the writer of this one, and Mike Spicer on colors. This is uh, our surprise favorite of the New Age of Heroes DC line um, mm-hmm. about uh, one of uh, Talia al Ghul's old assassins um, who is, has become a mother and wants to live a quiet life, but her old life has come calling back. She is a silencer and she can click cones of silence and so no one can hear her kill her prey um, but she has swapped bodies with a uh, enormous like technologically advanced assassin uh, because there's magic afoot the magic um, arm of Leviathan which is the organization that Talia Agul runs is proving that they're not a joke um, and this was fun I had like a massive like body count of as heaps of like different assassins die and uh, a monster is set loose on the theme park that Silence's family um, is, is hanging out at. Cool. It's really fun. It's a, this is a really fun book. I really like it. Yeah, I'm sad I missed that. And I think uh, Zurch's art was a, a step up from the last issue too. He draws a good monster. Cool. Yeah. Now we can talk about the book that you want to talk about, Siobhan, which is... Action Comics, issue 1003. By Brian By Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis. Who I've and always said is great. <laughs> um, and Yannick Paquette on art. You definitely have always said he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Great Colours by Nathan Fairbairn as well. Um, this is my preferred of the Superman books that Bat Bendis mm-hmm, is doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Not just because he has done it so far with Patrick Gleason on art and now um, Yannick Paquette, who are two of my favourite DC artists, but also because he just has a lot of fun with this one. And you can see so... On the first page, it's just littered with fun little Easter eggs mm-hmm. um, as we see a, a close-up of, um, uh, what's his name, from the Daily Planet's desk, uh, Perry, Perry White's desk. Um, there's, like, weird, like, pitches, like, to, for new series that Bendis wants to write, but it's, it's Perry pitching them to other magazines and stuff like that. And then there's, like, fun post-it notes and weird little, like, there's a picture of Bendis himself in a filing, in a, in a pile of, uh, of notes. It's fun. Just super fun. So enough fun. about the Easter eggs. What happens in the book, Sean? Someone's bought kryptonite. It's yep. bad news for old Clark Kent. Um, and I love the you know Clark Kent. He gets gets sick and can't mm-hmm, move because mm-hmm. someone brings uh, kryptonite into his room, um, and he calls on an old friend to uh, to get the kryptonite off uh, off his coworker, and that old friend is Batman. And there's some brilliant kind of scenes between the two of them he gets their friendship more so than tom king does like yeah more than a whole issue of them awkwardly going to the fair together <laughs> um but this is a great yeah great great issue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and like oh. so beautifully illustrated and I love um the sort of underlying plot that Bendis is developing with this other journalist. I think it's really good. And this weird threat of the Red Cloud, who's a mm-hmm. super horrific killer who kills with Red Cloud powers. Um, yeah, this is, this is just a ton of fun. Yeah, so I'm good. It. Um, and Lex we still Luthor don't even really know what's going on with Lois. He like teased that at the end of the last issue and then skipped forward and hasn't told us anything. I'm into it. Go, Bendis, go. Do your Absolutely. Bendis-y stuff. Absolutely. Bend it like Bendis. <laughs> We're calling That's the episode that now. No. Hooray. <laughs> um, hey, I'm reading Wonder Woman still. I like it a lot. Good, um, right? What a good issue. Wonder Woman 55, uh, written by Steve Orlando, with art by Raul Allen. Um, and uh, colors by, I'm going to guess, Laura Martin. I think Laura Martin got fine colors. But uh, this is like her teaming up with, uh, what are their names again, Siobhan? Um, Amazon. Artemis. Artemis. And, and Atalanta. Yes. <laughs> and, um... To take th- down... What's this dude's name? I always forget. Patricia Martin is the artist on this one. Sorry, Laura. You, you don't get a shout-out this time. Borgia Pendado does colours on this one. Mm. Um, but it was, like, them fighting that guy with the, the red-hot sword, Rustam. Ah, uh, Rustam. Um, yeah, there you go. And there's a kind of, like, fun kind of gotcha moment because um, uh, Wonder Woman has, like, a second lasso. Mm-hmm, Lasso, mm-hmm. Um, which uh, allows people—it's like it's pretty much the same thing, really. But but this but this one's on fire. <laughs> Cooler. She, she gives it to Artemis at the end. The, the Golden Promise. What's it called? The Lasso of Submission. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like how much Steve Orlando is like going into all of the funny um, classic William M. Marston submission um, yeah. and bondagey stuff but it stuff. really works like you really get it in this I think yeah, it really understands really well. the character yep agree this is a cool issue great um, and, I love uh, it he's just sticking around for a few more issues yet so uh, pick it up they're, they're, they're fun little short short stories mm-hmm, written mm-hmm. by a writer who uh, is Obviously coming into his own it. I think absolutely yeah. uh, finally Batman Detective Comics came out this week uh, 988 written by James Robinson um, he's, he's doing a short stint on Detective Comics before uh, Patrick Gleason and his usual collaborator. Did you get both issues? Two issues came out this week? I think Kings was shorted. Oh, so right. Was, I also read 989. Okay, cool. Um, um, Steven Segovia did art on this one with colors by Ivan Placencia. Um, I'll have to steal your copy of this when you hand it back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same um, on both issues. Cool. Uh, it's this a is good... Like, classic um really classic looking batman book very well, 90s says, i think it says so on the front cover it says a, a simple murder or a burning secret and i think simple is the key word to take away here yeah this was like it's like devoid of like an endless list of teammates and you know it has like slight references to things that have happened in bruce's life recently mm-hmm. but mostly it was just about him trying to take down um fire bug fire bug Fireflies, Firefly, 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 and the new and the new protege of Firefly, and mm-hmm. save all these people di- from dying in a burning down house. Um, while he talks to Alfred, it was really really fun. Um, yeah, and the next issue is like just him solving a murder, helping out Commissioner Gordon, finding some classic Batman bad guys. Good I'm into it. James Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson doing a classic. Who would have thought that James Robinson could pull off a classic feeling comic book? Absolutely. I read two more DC books as well. Oh, tell me about it. 
Okay, so I read um, issue 27 of Batgirl. And this is Batgirl, Art of the Crime, Back in Gotham. Babs is Back in Gotham. Written by May Reed Scott um, with Paul Pelletier on pencils, Norm Rapmund on inks, and Jordi Belair on colours. And in this, some stuff's going wrong with um, Babs's implant. The thing that she, they, the reason she can walk again. Oh, no, not her boobs. No. <laughs> They're leaking. Um, no. <laughs> with her That'd brain implanting. <laughs> Someone write that story. You know, imagine if, have you ever seen when, um, when ladies get butt implants and the butt implants flip? Oh, and then wow. they're like inside. <laughs> okay, pitch that. Which, which superhero gets blood implants? It's Green Arrow. Nightwing. It's Green definitely Arrow. Definitely Nightwing. Okay. No, Green Arrow to try and be as hot as as as, as Nightwing. Yes, I, I can totally see Oliver Queen has the bank to do it. He does. He does. Or Booster Gold. That, that works too. Yep, I like it. And then it flips. I love it. <laughs> um, but so this is like. Uh, it's a funny comic because it's a bit like uh, it's hard to say what's going on in Babs's head and what's going on in the real world um, but she's back in her original costume and she's trying to solve a murder and then the guy that she thought was doing the murder shows up murdered and she's been framed for his murder oh my goodness Babs you should have stayed out of Gotham um, but I liked it it's good It's a, it, I think that um, Mary Scott really seems to understand <laughs> Babs is a character in a couple of core ways. There are some good moments between her and Commissioner Gordon. It's okay, fun cool. seeing her in the classic costume. Her dad. I like it. It's like Boilers. a proper detective book as well. What else did you read? Um, I read Batman Kings of Fear, issue two. Oh, yeah. Fuck the Kelly Jones jam. Yeah. Written. I can't think of who writes it, but who cares? Oh, it's Scott Peterson. Um, <laughs> but written in front the of main point is art by Kelly Jones. Um, king of a big, solid, fleshy bane and mad pointy ears. The pointiest in the game. The pointiest in the game. And this is just like, again, this is like getting into a warm nostalgia bath. Um, and I love it. It's Batman versus the Scarecrow and all kinds of crazy Kelly Jones shit happens because he's tripping Scarecrow balls. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, because he's been fear-gassed. Oh, so right. it's, again, it's another, like, what in the fuck is going on in this comic? Because he thinks he's fighting people, and then um, he's fighting Commissioner Gordon. But Commissioner Gordon catches his fist in his hand. Did that happen in a different comic, or did that happen in this? I can't remember. I've heard too many comics this week. No, yep. it did happen in this. Anyway, it's great. And Kelly Jones is the best. Look how good do, that is. Do any... Uh, oh, that was fantastic. Mm. Do any uh, implants get flipped in this book? Um, only his heart. No, I don't know. <laughs> the biggest implant of all. <laughs> Those are our DC reviews. Let's move over to Marvel now um, for what was a just... I guess it shouldn't be surprising, but I was still surprised. My favorite issue of the week. Uh, Chip Zdarsky's last uh, issue of Peter mm. Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man. A yeah. run that had some highlights, especially recently with that great Sandman uh, two-parter he did with Bacello. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a book that is not... This issue, sorry, is not just written by Chip Zdarsky. It's also drawn and coloured by him. I wish um, he could do a whole graphic novel. You know, oh, I wouldn't man. expect him to do a monthly book by himself, but do a graphic novel, Chip. We don't know what he's doing next. He's good at three unannounced Marvel projects. Um, so that'll be good when those are announced. Mm. 
Um, but anyway, this is uh, this is what we got this week. 310 of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. And it is in the same way that Dan Slott did his, like, I guess it was like issue 800 of Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's his a farewell. farewell and celebration of the character. And I thought this was, like, I loved the Slot one. Mm-hmm. I love this one even more. This was, like, it, so basically, like, uh, there, there's a kid um, that in New York who is making a documentary about Spider-Man by interviewing various people in the neighborhood about what they think of the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, and so we have that talking heads thing as like, you know, we get some very like, you know, some funny answers and then some profound answers. And then we'll explore um, over, you know, a page or two exactly what certain people are talking about when they reference things that happened uh, involving Spider-Man in their lives. And um, some of them are like, you know, why the, the hot dog cart guy now has to give Spider-Man a free hot dog every day because he saved his life. And he didn't. He, when he said so, he thought it was the right thing to do, but he didn't actually expect Spider-Man to show up every single day for a free hot dog and annoy the hot dog vendor. Um, and then there's way more serious things like that, like um, Spidey uh, stops a, a, you know, a boy who was in the wrong place at the wrong time and... and uh, the first thing he ever did with a crime a group of criminals um, and then that that story ends up going quite dark when we re- revisit his mother um, and it's done so in a way that like I, I feel like I've taken a lot of shots at Tom King this week but whatever that's what happens when you write the, 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 the name see now I've got to come back around and like Tom King again because now everyone hates him I, if, now anyone, if anyone does that it's you can do that it's you but um, <laughs> uh, I thought this did the the very, very heavy themes alongside, like, your regular superhero stuff in a way that I've... In a really, really, like, mature and and entertaining way that I yes. feel has been lacking in a lot of books that have tried to do it recently. And there's nothing that's, like... It's always going to be a wonderful special issue when it's a writer, and especially if it's someone who's doing the art themselves, getting to do just a love letter to a character who means a lot to them. Yeah, and that's what comes through in this, and it's really nice. And I wish he'd drawn more issues. Definitely, I'm. Uh, you know, he's writing a ton of stuff and drawing sex criminals. He's busy. He's a busy boy. He's also yeah, maintaining he sure the best the best Twitter profile on the internet. He's a very funny man. He's my favorite. Um, but yeah, this is this is a absolutely brilliant issue. Um, and uh, yeah. even if you've even if you've not read any of the series so far, just pick this up. If you love Spidey, guess what? So does Chip, and he wrote a perfect Spider-Man story for you to enjoy. It's a great um, standalone issue brilliant brilliant stuff um let's keep things spidey-ish for a moment um we'll talk about the amazing spider-man issue number six this week written by nick spencer with art by um humberto ramos uh doing a good job but he's not ryan otley and that that hurt a little bit Um, but i love like i'll always love ramos on spider-man i just do it just works for me Uh, victor olazaba on inks and edgar delgado on colors um, I really enjoyed this issue because finally we see an issue um, starring uh, Boomerang, um, who is now uh, Spidey's roommate, um, mm-hmm. and who of course was uh, the kind of star of Superior Foes of Spider-Man, which was the first kind of Nick Spencer series that I really enjoyed. Um, and uh, this was really really fun, kind of catching up with him in this book. And he, like uh, basically, he uh, he he takes Spidey, he takes Peter Parker. He doesn't know that he's Spidey. Uh, to uh, to the bar with no name, which is the crim- the bar that all the criminals hang out at, because uh, it's trivia night, and this week's trivia night is all about Spider Man, and uh, of course Peter Parker 
knows everything about Spider-Man and, and wins. And uh, Pretty it was a really, really fun and funny issue. Um, one of, one yeah, of Spencer's stronger kind of comedy issues that I've read in a long time. Yeah, I wish he'd stop trying to just force these characters that he loves on everyone, but he does write them in the film. You're the season. only person I know who doesn't like Boomerang. Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like Boomerang. <laughs> stop trying to make me like him. Um, <laughs> but I did enjoy this. This was good fun. Uh, did you read Edge of Spider Get in issue number four? No. Why did I miss so many Spidey books? I like all there are these a lot dumb of things. Um, this is a book uh, written, written and drawn by Aaron Cuda. Um, oh. Extra art by Will Robson, who's another no. one that you like, uh, featuring uh, inks by Craig Jung and colors by Andre Mossa. Um, this was uh, basically a, another version of Spider-Man. In, in somewhere in the multiverse is a Spidey who is Norman Osborn as Spider-Man. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, and it, and it was cool. It was like a fun little story of uh, of of yeah, Norman Osborn. Uh, and, and Harry I was born um, basically like fighting using spider powers fun shit mm. and then of course like all these issues uh, Hobie the punk spider punk shows up and whisks him away into the spider verse and we get closer and closer to Spider-Geddon um, I think Superior Octopus is what we get next which comes out this week yes please fun. great um, yeah this is a fun, fun fun event but it was cool seeing I love Kuda's art and uh, having him and Will, Will Robson together was actually a, a cool match yeah, that's really Their cool. Their styles are well-suited. Um, another Marvel book that I loved this week was The Century, issue number four by Jeff mm. Um And uh, this is the issue in which I realized I love Kim Jacinto. Um, Real good. Real great I fucking art. loved the art in this, in this issue. Um, this is the kind of fun kind of... Uh, the Century is like... has to be his like regular schlubby super powerless self uh, in New York and work in a diner and then at night he goes home and fights like a virtual reality version he, he is he is the sentry in a virtual reality version of New York and and fights his like the dark side of himself the void and uh, after a whole bunch of crazy shit's going on over the last few issues they saw him kind of face to face with the void um, and normally that is seen as a uh, extremely bad thing for all of the Marvel Universe, but um, Lemire put a really cool, positive spin on it. Mm-hmm, I hope mm-hmm. it, it might turn out to be not positive, but uh, this is fucking cool. But also, this is like again, not to exclusively rag on Tom King, but this is a great <laughs> way. <laughs> this is a really good way to explore like mental health issues using the genre of superhero comics. Yep. Good job, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, very good. Super good issue. Uh, Black Panther issue number four came out this week. Oh, also, what? did you miss I this did, one too? I did a genuinely terrible job of picking up comics this week, and I read uh, written, so flipping many. Written by Tanahisi Coates with art by Daniel Acuna. Um, this just continues the uh, intergalactic empire of Wakanda storyline, which looks incredible. I don't think is anywhere near as interesting as uh, the last arc of uh, Tanahisi Coates Black Panther run. But mm. it feels like it's building up towards something great. But this was very much a slowly building issue as opposed to a startling revelation or, you know, great character moment based uh, issue. Mm. I, I still liked it. Cool. Why don't you tell me a book that you did read, Siobhan? I read X-Men Red. Did you me read too. X-Men Red? What a good cover. 
Great cover of These Jenny Frisson covers are very, very good. She's very good. Have you ever read a book with Jenny Frisson interiors? I don't think she does interiors. would love to see one. Yeah, she did all those amazing Buffy covers for a billion years. Right. Always tricked me into reading Buffy. You got me. Um, So this is uh, the book in which Tom Taylor, the writer, um, made a reference to Nauru, which as an Australian, I was like, hell yeah, Tom Taylor, you're the fucking best. Yeah, totally. Wait, where was that? (laughs) On uh, page... Three, when the uh, the newsreaders are, are talking, there's a um, oh. all the headlines below. Oh my god! Yeah, hey, yeah. Pretty cool, pretty cool stuff, Tom Taylor. Good job, Tom Taylor. Um, great art on this one by uh, Carmen Canero as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as we see um, Jean Grey and her team try and take down Cassandra Nova using psychic powers, and I love a good psychic battle in an X Men book. And uh, this was absolutely one of those. <laughs> It was absolutely one of those. I wish that Forge would wake up. Forge is being capped by Cassandra Nova, and I love Forge. Yeah? Make Forge good again. Um, where does he rank? Oh, number X- one. Number really? one. He's my favorite X-Men. No, I don't know. <laughs> six. Forge ask is Nate, number six. Ask Nate where, where Forge um, is on, on his... Uh, what number is Forge for you, Nate? Where, where does Forge rank? Six. Six? Six. Great. That was right. You know who has a really cool gambit tattoo? Is Maria Lewis. Did Maria Lewis. Uh, who was one of... No, I didn't notice that. No, uh, Maria Lewis, Lewis is, was one of the uh, panelists on, uh, on Siobhan's comic book communities panel that I was, was also guest. a guest on. And she is she a, great. A, a genre writer. She was a really, really good guest. Yeah. She was selling novels. Um, keeping things X-rated for a moment, Extermination, uh, issue number three. This is the Ed Brisson uh, X-Men event that is going to finally send the time-displaced uh, X-Men back to where they came from. Pepe Larraz on art with Marte Garcia on uh, on colors. Um, and uh, this is just dumb nonsense, and it's fun, and I don't care. I read it, and I'm like, this is stupid as hell. Uh, there's like a young <laughs> cable. and um, Do you just say ev- that out loud to no one? This yeah, yeah. No, I, I tap someone on the shoulder, shove the comic in their <laughs> face, and go, this is stupid as hell. Cable's young now. <laughs> um, yeah. Does so it still have gray hair? Uh, it's like silver. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I just love that they're sending these mutants back to their original timeline in the dumbest way possible. It's great. Well, how are they doing it? Is, like one it by one, just, or just like really, really drawn out every issue, one of them gets kidnapped by the young Cable. Oh. And then the others are like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this keeps happening every 24 pages. <laughs> Can someone put a lock on the door or something? Uh, Moon Knight, issue number 199. Did you read it? I did. I did. I don't heaps care, though. Yeah, Max Bemis wrote this one with art by Paul Davidson. I like Paul Davidson's art just because it's just like unlike anything else I've seen on a Marvel book. Um, yeah, it's real weird. It's like a... It's- like, it looks British. Yeah, definitely looks Don't like a really 2008 AD artist for sure. Yeah. Uh, Matt Miller on colors, um, and uh, yeah, this is like kind of like the penultimate um, uh, issue by Bemis, kind of bringing to an end the uh, chapter involving this character of Ernst, um, a, a new figure from uh, Moon Knight's past, and his Nazi uncle. The journey to get here was really riveting, but I found this issue kind of an, just annoying. Yeah. 
Um, but there's a big reveal at the end, uh, the return of uh, the character that we were introduced to at the start of Max B. Mrs. Run. Uh, the and that was an, King. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. So I'm still on board. One more issue yeah. to go. Couldn't totally. hurt. Why not? Couldn't hurt. Um, while we're talking about things that are moons, how about Moon Girl? Whoa, that was very slick. Thanks so much. Moon Girl is a great Sieg. This is a good Sieg. Sieg um, <laughs> Issue 35 of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur came out this week. Uh, written by um, Brandon Moncler with art by Natasha Bustos and colours by Tamara Bonvillain. And uh, this was just an absolute joy to read as uh, uh, Lunella um, and a uh, humanified uh, Devil Dinosaur, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Devon Dinosaur, try to take down the Wrecking Crew. It just felt really classic and fun. Yeah, um, Absolutely. I love any book that the Wrecking Crew show up in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, especially an all-ages one. And this is great. Natasha Bustos is just such a good artist. Absolutely. It's just, like, I love the um, princess... What's her name? Princess Fisk. Yep. Wilson Fisk's new adoptive daughter, who's the new villain at school. Yep, she's, she's great. And uh, Natasha Bustos got to design a new character. Um, so, speculators, you should pick this issue up and make uh, these creators rich. Um, because Thunderball is now part of uh, the Black Panther mm-hmm. crew. Um, there's a new member of the Wrecking Crew, and her name is Demolisher, and she has an awesome big long ponytail attached to a Wrecking Ball. That is very cool. Very great. Although shit. potentially painful. <laughs> I was into it. Um, those are all the Marvel books I read. Did you read any that I did not? Um, I read Scarlet. I, that's not Marvel, that's DC. Oh. Well, I read that. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot Bendis's. It was fine. I don't really need to talk about it. So good um, thing I'm not going to. I don't think we got Marvel 2-in-1. The final issue of that came out, and we did not get it. Siobhan got I it. Did. Did I did. Did you read it? I did. I just didn't want to talk about it because I got confused, and I thought maybe it was last week, and I forgot about it last week. But it turns <laughs> out that it was this week. Um, and it was, uh, again, like... This is um, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Ramon Perez, and it's not Ramon Perez's best work, just because it's super rushed. And this is a sort of awkward tying up of this um, Johnny and Ben in an alternate universe, and it's like they're saved by a Sue and Reed, but I'm not sure whether it's their Sue and Reed. Anyway, it's all fine, and they're back. It's kind of like... Is it kind of undone by the fact that the Fantastic Four comic already exists? Or, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not undone, but it just doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. Nothing does. Nothing uh, does. Except Fence. Let's talk about other publishers. Don't tell me you didn't read Fence this week. I just, did you just see my face when I was like, yeah, yeah, it dropped. what do you mean? What do you mean Fence came out this week? I didn't get Fence. Fence issue <gasps> 10 came out this week. Our I beloved boombox book. Uh, written by C.S. Picat, uh, with no. Johanna the Mad and Joanna jo- Le- Fuente on art duties. Uh, oh, this it is looked the... like there was going to be smooches in this one. It's like smooches slash p- p- fights, and you just have to fill the gaps in yourself. It's great. What? Um, it's so much fun, and um, you know, uh, you know, Aiden, the hot character, the hot boy <laughs> that everyone is in love with. We met Aiden's mum, or it's just like the latest woman that his husband that, that his dad is married to and so they're like that, that's way too young to be someone's mom um, which is just a great bit of character building oh, um, as yeah we so we met all, all the parents because the parents came to the, for the finals as uh, various uh, members of the uh, of the school fence each other 
Um, and uh, it's, it's a book about fencing, believe it or not. Uh, but great issue, just expertly paced, and uh, I won't spoil what happens, but uh, you'll, you. be, you'll be very, very excited reading this issue. And, I, uh, yeah, I was like, I only have one other publisher book. Oh, shit, I forgot to read that one. Damn it, why don't you talk uh, about that? Uh, I read Beasts of Burden, um, issue two, Wise Dogs and Eldritch Men, written by Evan Dawkin with art by Benjamin Dewey and Nate Piekos, um, doing inc- like the best job of... Um, the characters that Jill Thompson made so great. Yep. And this is the um, occult murder mystery, but they're dogs book. Right. Um, which always comes out usually around Halloween. Um, and in this, there's some kind of. There are some horrible creatures with little human faces. They're like raccoons, but then they have horrible little human people faces with runes on their heads. <laughs> and so our team of dog occult cops have to um figure out what's going on and it's just always such a um it's it's so serious always like it's played so dead straight and it's quite violent and quite gory and quite serious um but it's just you just read it like little doggies the whole time and it's so gorgeous and i just always love it the colors are so beautiful and these really soft watercolors, and all of the landscapes are really beautiful, and all of the dogs have so much personality. It's just <laughs> great. I love it. Awesome. Um, I read uh, an aftershock book that I really enjoyed the first issue of uh, Beyonders, written by Paul Jenkins and Wesley Sinclair, um, about the uh, like a teenage boy at school uh, who loves cracking codes, and then uh, learns that his uh, aunt and uncle that he lives with are robots, and that his corgi is like a has like a video camera in his in his head um and basically he's been uh, integrated into this secret society while another secret society tries to kill him um and uh is basically handed a uh a a code book belonging to da vinci um and uh he finally cracks it at the end of this issue and it's really fun you know if you love like the da vinci code and national treasure type bullshit um you know it's okay you can admit you like it at least the concept of it uh, this is, I love uh, National Treasure. Uh, me too. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, this was a, a really, really fun kind of take on that kind of book um, that also ties into like crop circles and all that kind of stuff. And the uh, the main character is a really likable one. Cool. Called Beyonders, out through Aftershock. Uh, and finally, a regular show, 25 years later, uh, in which the uh, main characters of regular show, Mordecai and Rigby, uh, accidentally make a deal with a demon and uh, trade their kids for youth. And so they're they're their regular young, dumb selves again. uh, And they have to try and win their kids back. Uh, Super fun. This is written by um, Christopher Hastings um, with uh, really great art. um, Anna Johnstone um, and uh, Joanna LaFuente again. Boom, put this book out. Kaboom. Um, This is just so much more fun than I thought it would be. It's probably like one of my favorite cartoon tie-in comics I've ever read. I put it on, on par with like the Dan Slot written issues of Ren and Stimpy that Marvel published in the 90s, mm. uh, which is extremely niche high praise. But, um, <laughs> but this is really, really fun and creative, and uh, uh, I enjoy it immensely. Yeah, cool. Um, so that is it for the, this week. Uh, apologies nice. for how, how tired we both are. Mm. Um, uh, next, next week, I think we might have to record on Tuesday again, but I think it might be the daytime. Nice. <laughs> I'll talk to Siobhan <laughs> off, off where we'll work it out. <laughs> 
Um, but thank you so much for listening to Serious Issues. Um, come Thanks, and support us if you would like to support the show. It's patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. A couple of bucks a month get you access to a bunch of bonus episodes, one of which we will record another one of very, very soon. And plus, you can uh, rest easy knowing that you are helping uh, some comic-loving parents uh, just just do their thing. Absolutely. Thank Everyone you so much needs for help listening. doing their thing. And uh, we will see you next week uh, in where we will review. You know, this week is also so brutal. Have you looked at like what's coming out? Uh, no, I haven't. There's like more than 20 um, number one issues. No. No. Uh, I'll, read them. I'll read them out to you now. Um, Batman and the Max. Uh, which is written written and drawn by Sam Keith, so that'll be fun. Um, Blackbird, Dead Rabbit, Death Orb, Errand Boys, Infinity Wars, Infinity Wars, Sleepwalker, Juke Joint, Lollipop Kids, Lone Ranger, Rainbow Bright. Which I know you're thinking, why the hell would I read that? Because it's written by Jeremy Whitley. Oh. Who, who gave us? All right. You like that dude, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm sad that I have to read it. We get Shatterstar issue number one. Yes, please. Um, Sparrow Hawk, number one. Spook House 2, number one. Star Wars, Tales from Vader's Castle, number one. Superior Octopus, number one. The Savage Shores, number one, which looks very good. Uh, Typhoid Fever, Spider-Man, number one. Umbrella Academy, uh, Umbrella Academy, Hotel Oblivion, number one. I return to that series. Uh, what If Spider-Man, number one. What If X-Men, number one. Wonder Woman, and Justice League Dark, The Witching Hour, number one, and X Men Black Magneto, number one. Oh my god. Yes. I'm definitely not reading some of those. So the, the longest edition of First Things First. I am going to be in Melbourne next week. Maybe I can <laughs> see if I can get some uh, certain far more famous podcasters uh, to help us out and do a little bit of First Things First with us. I don't know any more famous podcasters. I thought we were the most famous ones. I'll, 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 I'll let you know I'll tell you some secrets after we finish recording but they may have done previous episodes of Serious Issues in the past good hint whoa do you know whoa. who you're talking about no Judith yes, Lucy <laughs> Judith Lucy I love Judith Lucy <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening and uh, go read some comics and we'll see you next week Ooh, thanks guys bye This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.